0: I have um, really been enjoying this series on preparation, but I'm not sure if enjoying is the right word. I've actually been finding it really challenging. Really, personally, very challenging. Um, The times of worship we've been having while we are preparing our hearts, while we're talking about this, have been quite phenomenal. Phenomenal. And um, so as I was preparing, oh, before that, I, I read this quote, as, because our thing says, oh, no, it doesn't say up there, um, prepare the way of the Lord. And just in my, a few moments this morning, I flicked through my newsfeed, and there was something about Hillsong there that caught my eye. And often I don't read those, because I don't want to hear negative things about the church, but I actually read it. It was actually really positive um, about the church and about the Pentecostal church. And one of the quotes in it, hold on to your hats, footy fans, it says, and this is from the Director of the Centre for Public Christianity. So he has the statistics. Church communities, much reduced in size in Australia in recent decades, yet they still attract more people through the doors than all of the footy codes combined. The Australian church. More people go to church than go to the footy. (laughs) I would not have thought that. So I thought that was exciting. And in line with um, what I want to share this morning, because people are hungry. I have had more opportunities to share with people this year, this calendar year, than I think I have had in my lifetime as a Christian. People are hungry, and we want to be ready. So as I came to prepare the word for today, and thinking about what to share, because I think I'm number seven along the rank on the same topic, you know, what do I share, Lord? I felt Holy Spirit ask me a few questions. Yeah, the messages have been good, but what's changed in your life? What am I doing differently? How much do I want a move of God? And over all of that, there was the question, I felt like God was asking me, was how's your heart? How is your heart? Is it open to what I'm wanting to do? Or am I just having my ears tickled when I come to church and say, Great word, love it, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't impact my life? I realised the more I meditated on this that one of the keys to unlock a move of God is my heart. Each of us, it's our hearts that will unlock a move of God. So I've taken Ben's thought of seeds. and That's a pretty heavy start, isn't it? Um, I'm going to take the thought of the seed that Ben talked about last week and look at it from a slightly different angle. So the title of this is How's Your Heart? And if you've got your Bible... If you could turn to Luke, please. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. The parable of the sower or the parable of the farmer scattering seed. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. And most of us know that it fell in different places. And I don't want to talk about the different places today. I want to talk about verse 8. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew And produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And Jesus goes on to say later that the seed is the word, and the soil is our hearts, and how we how we receive the word. This parable is often used to talk about initial salvation when we get saved, what's our heart like, and whether or not we're going to make the distance. But it's speaking to every believer, no matter how long you've been on the journey of faith. We all need to take care to keep the soil of our hearts receptive to the seed, open to the word, open to the moving of the spirit. Keeping our hearts free from sin and from bitterness, from unforgiveness, from unnecessary busyness, from worries, and even from familiarity, becoming comfortable. Because it's when we allow the word to work in us, to work in our hearts, that will start to bear fruit. We will have a transformed life. We will have opportunities to share with others. Gardeners and farmers tell us that the health and the preparation of soil is crucial to the, heart, to the health of the crop, but it can change oh so quickly. Things come against a farmer, and we know in Australia, many crops fail because of things outside of a farmer's um, influence. There's drought, there's flood, there's lack of nutrients, overuse and pests. In the natural, farmers prepare, fertilise, water, protect, weed in expectation of the crop that's going to come. And it's not just a one-time activity. The farmer watches that crop. They also watch the weather and the climate. They're aware of what's happening around them. I wonder if, Daniel, you could pop up the picture, please. This is a bean. <laughs> I'm a school teacher, and bean experiments are pretty common at school because they're such a good illustration. And if you put it in a clear plastic cup, which you can't buy anymore, <laughs> all the teachers go... <laughs> you can actually see the different stages of the seed. At first, nothing appears to happen. It's just dormant in the ground. But within a couple of days, the seed starts to germinate, and it begins, the first thing it does is it puts a root down. It establishes its root. Long before there is any sign above the ground, that growth is happening. A seed can stay dormant in the ground for a long time. Some of the oldest seeds that have borne fruit are over 200 years old. They were found in a museum and they were planted and they still bore fruit. Relate that to Ben's word last week about seeing the promises of God fulfilled. Sometimes it's a long wait. We live in a society that is instant, where we expect things to happen quickly and often get frustrated when they don't. But God's timing is so different to ours, and his timing is perfect. He sees the big picture way beyond the here and now and way beyond our understanding. Moves of God or revivals in the past, when we look at them, appear to happen suddenly. In one meeting, there's a move of the Spirit. In one meeting, there's a pouring out of the Spirit that changes a whole community. Yet, if you look closer, it didn't happen suddenly. The Holy Spirit had been at work long before there were any signs of revival, a bit like the early stages of the seed. People had been pressing into God. They'd been getting right with God. They'd been putting aside their own agendas and doing the unseen work. Revivals always start with people. God uses people to touch people. But he's looking for people he can trust. And it's not always the people or the places that we would choose However, we have caboolture in our heart and we're believing for good things. Jesus overlooked the religious people and chose fishermen and tax collectors, the lowest of society, to be the founders of the greatest revival the world has ever seen. God isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for hearts that he can trust and move through. For us, there's a cost. We need to keep our hearts pure. We need to keep being hungry. And I'd really like to stress this point. We don't need to pursue a move, we need to be pursuing God. It's not the move that should be our focus. It's God who should be our focus and letting him move through us. You know, we sing that song, we didn't do it today, but we have the last couple of weeks. We need a move. (laughs) And that's focusing on the revival part. But when we pray that, when you sing that with all your heart, you're actually giving God permission to move in your heart, to do a move in you. Because the royal we includes me. And instead of singing, we need a move, I've actually been praying, God, I need a move. I need a move in my heart to be in the place where you want me to be. Preparation in the spirit often requires a cutting off or a dying of something so that there's room for the birth of a new thing. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. It's in the book of John. That seed, unless it dies, will never reach the place where it bears beans. What do we have to die to to see fruit in our lives? Now Ben was encouraging us with our dreams and, and out the promises. We've actually got to let them die. actually all our ambitions, all our dreams, even the promises we've received from God need to be given over to Him completely, so that they are not our focus, but He is. It's a place of surrender. And in that place, God equips us to hold the work that He wants to do, so that we can work with Him so that we won't be overwhelmed. We won't be consumed by it. We won't have burnout. And it's in the place of surrender that God gets the glory. And not us as individuals or not any place. Because when the conditions are right, the seed grows all by itself. Mark 4. I'll just turn there quickly. I've been really enjoying the Gospels lately. Um, loving, loving the things that Jesus spoke. Hmm. Well, that's obviously not... Oh, I'm in Matthew. I was going to say, that's not the scripture because there's no chapter 26. <laughs> Mark 4, chapter 26. Jesus also said... The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. You know, if we are being, in a sense, a good farmer of the seed that the Lord has entrusted to us, if we are keeping our hearts pure, if we are staying hungry, if we're continuing to seek Him, the fruit will come the fruit will come, even though we may not understand. So how do we prepare our hearts? How do we make sure we're in a place where the seed that God's wanting to put in there can take root and grow? I've got a different... It's not what you would think, that you a verse that you would use for um, a story on preparation. In fact... It looks like a story about a lack of preparation. The five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people needed feeding. And they didn't have any food. They didn't have an event organiser. They didn't have someone that organised a caterer. (laughs) They weren't prepared. (laughs) Verse 26. I'm in the wrong place again. Okay. No, oh dear, I'm doing well this morning. Sorry. Chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to the people. He did the same with the fish. And we know there were 12 baskets left over. As part of my teaching, uh, studying, over 30 years ago, um, I was taught this saying, and I've never forgotten it, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it was something that I've always kept in the back of my head as part of an ethic that I have about my teaching. This story would appear that they'd failed to plan, But in fact, it's a story of amazing preparation. And it's got a real lesson for us. The boy came and gave what he had, and he put it in Jesus' hands. I actually think that message has been really loud and clear today. Come with what we have and give it to Jesus. And let him do the work in his timing and in his way. It doesn't mean we do nothing. (laughs) And we don't want to have, you know, we want to have strategies. But knowing that it's by the Spirit that people are drawn and they are saved by grace. So often we complicate things when in fact it's a place of surrender that allows God's fruit to flow and a place of trust. A few weeks ago, Robin Aim reminded us that as we do our part, God will be released to do his. Not just that he'll do it, but our obedience actually releases God to do his. Another saying I was reminded of this week. Look after the unseen and the seen will take care of itself. Those of you who have been around for a while will remember that one. Look after the hidden And what's on the outside will take care of itself. In Psalm 51, David cries, Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. John the Baptist shouted a message of repentance Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Really want to say today isn't about going on an exploration, we're not digging. We're not thinking, oh, I don't think my heart's right. This is not a message to condemn or to make you feel guilty. When we go looking and when we go digging, it ends up in condemnation. And we know condemnation isn't God. But when the Holy Spirit touches our hearts and puts his finger on something in, his, in our lives, like he did this morning with addictions, when that happens, there is grace And there is power to change when he puts his finger on us. Just like the seed in the ground though, it often takes time. Day to day, the change may not be noticeable. But as we look back, we see the hand of God and his faithfulness. Our walk with the Lord is not just about getting from A to B but letting all the experiences on the journey shape what our destination actually looks like. We don't know what our end looks like. We don't know all that God has in store for us but we need to trust him and we need to surrender to him because it's our heart that helps unlock a move of God. So this morning, and I have been grappling with this for a few weeks, this morning, how is your heart? How is the soil of your heart? Is there anything you need to let go of this morning and surrender to the Lord? And I actually think a lot of us did it in worship this morning. This was the message in worship. You know, I was sharing with Shane and, and we were talking. I thought, oh, this is a bit hot. <laughs> and, and then I actually felt like the Holy Spirit saying to me, no, it's not. It's not hot. This is how we should be living every day, bringing our hearts before the Lord. And yet we make this big deal about repentance and none of us is perfect. We all sin. Even as believers, we all do things that we shouldn't do. And yet we make this big thing of it. We make it so complicated. But every day, it's a bringing our heart before the Lord, asking him to direct our steps, asking him to prepare us for the day. You know, I'm, I'm not a good sleeper. And I used to sometimes be in the shower with my head against the shower, letting the water wake me up. And say, as my day is, so shall my strength be. I've actually changed my prayer. My prayer has changed to, thank you God for the sleep I've had. Thank you that it's enough for what you have for me today. And I've actually changed, believing that God is with me in every season. You know, a farmer constantly tends his field. And we need to be constantly tending our hearts. It doesn't have to be a big weeping session and a, and a big, deep and meaningful. If there's something that the Lord is putting his finger on, it's just lifting your heart and saying, oh God, help me. God, I'm so sorry that I've done that. God, I need help in this area. Bring it to the Lord. Bring what we have and let him work in it. If the things of life have been crowding out your heart, bring it to him. Because there is a place of refreshing and freedom. And I actually do believe there's a place of refreshing and freedom here, today. It's not a mistake, it's not a coincidence that the same message has come through this morning. I wonder if Dan and what, if you just, yep. Thank you, and Rach, thank you. If you feel you're in a good place and you've been doing this, God would want you to look at your heart as well. He'd want you to continue to till, you know, get the hoe in there. Continue to make sure, continue to fertilize, continue to be open to fresh seed. Continue to be open to the things that he wants to do in you and through you. I'm actually going to sing um, Worthy of It All, I think. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And I'd just like us afresh this morning. To come with a yielded heart, no matter where your heart is today. Let's give it to him afresh. Let's give it to the Lord so that we might be ready, so that we might be in that place, so that we are seeking him, that we are putting him first because he is worthy of it all and it is he who does the work. It is he, he uses us, but it's him who does the work. Remember, he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for a heart that he can trust And that he can use. And that's everyone in this room. Bring what you have to Jesus. And let him do his thing. Give him your heart afresh this morning.